you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. I was thinking last night, early this morning, laying in bed, I don't know how many more messages that I will preach behind this pulpit. I don't know how many more I have left in me. What I want to give you every time I do step up in this pulpit is something that will help you in your life. Now, we, know, we don't know the day nor the hour that we pass away, that when I come or what, uh, something may happen to de- uh, uh, put you in a place where you can't do things that you used to do. So my mindset is from now on to give you something that will help you in your life and your walk with God, to get you closer and feel God's power in your life and the presence of God in your life. I, I believe a lot of Christians today are not feeling the presence of God in their life because they're not actually seeking God for their life. But I want to try to help you out, get you set on the right track, and maybe in the next few messages that will uh, help pinpoint where you may be failing at and uh, uh, where you lost contact at, to bring you back in contact with God and get you where you need to be. We all need to be as close as God. I, I'm not as close as I should, but I'm striving. I'm striving. Uh, you're not as close as you should. Because if you were, you'd be in heaven with Him right now. So we need to keep striving, keep walking, keep looking, keep preaching, keep teaching, keep witnessing to the Word for the people of this world today. Luke chapter 23, let us stand. Don't try to imitate somebody that you're not. And that's what I got out of it. Don't, don't, try to, uh, don't try to imitate a preacher. You might like a preacher and his style. You might like it, but that's not you. Don't try to imitate another Christian because that's not you. That's not you. God saved you for who you are, not who you think you are. I, I think of myself a lot better than what I know I am. But God saved you for who you are. And God will bring you where he needs you to be at, and that's not within yourself to do. And, and we, need to, we need to stop looking at other people and say, you know, I, I want to be like them. I, I, I love, I've, I've got some great preacher friends, uh, but I can't preach like they do. I, and they, I've had people say, I can't preach the way you preach. Well, God called me to preach this way, no other way. I'm not a Charles Stanley. I just can't stand up here and talk real nice to you. I want to yell at you a lot. <laughs> but you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Charles Stanley, one of the greatest teachers of the Bible I know of. But it's not me. So we need to stop trying to be somebody that we are not. If you say, God, here I, here I am. Here I am. Use me, and God will do great things through you. Verse number 33, Luke chapter 23. And they were to come to the place which is called Calvary. I love that word. It's the only time you find this word in the Bible, Calvary. There they crucified him, the male factors, one on the right hand and one on the other hand. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and, and the rulers also with their 
described, uh, deri derived him, saying, He saved others and let him save himself if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be king of Jews, save thyself. And a superscription upon is written upon over him is letters of Greek and the Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And this is where I want to get. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself, and oh, by the way, us too. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Doest thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed just, justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, that's a good start to talk to God. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Well, I'll think about it. You get down off this cross and you get baptized, you start living a good life, then maybe I'll get to there. No. Well, if you get down on this, off this cross and start living the uh, life that you're supposed to be and, and living for Lent and living for this and doing a good deeds and good works, then, then you may get there. No, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you today, Lord, for all that you've given us and Lord, all that you've done for us today, Lord. We cannot praise you enough we cannot lift thy name up enough for what you've done you've saved us from the pits of hell and father we praise you this morning lord help us to be what we need to be in you not what we think we ought to be and lord we'll just praise you and lift you up lord empty myself for it lord and fill me with thy spirit say the words that needs to be said not words that i need to say lord touch hearts open minds lord and we may grow closer to you in jesus name we do pray Amen. You may be seated. There, there's been a lot of preaching from the pulpit, uh, from this pulpit, pit, and from others across the world uh, uh, about Calvary. I love the place called Calvary. You can't preach enough about Calvary. You can't talk enough about Calvary. This story never gets old in my heart. Because this is the story that transforms and changes uh, uh, lives this morning. This place called Calvary. We find there are three crosses on this hill. The place of the skull. Three crosses on the, this day this, in this place. And much preaching has been done on these crosses. Especially two of them. I know that we... Say the thief on the right hand is the one that Jesus is talking to, but the Bible, if you study the Bible, and I've looked at it for a lot of times, the Bible never tells us which side the thief was on or which side the other thief was on. We're always saying uh, he's on the right hand, but we don't know that. The Bible does not tell us that. I would like to think that he was on the right hand, so in this message this morning, it's going to be the right hand this morning. Amen. Now you can put him on whatever side you want to because there's no Bible backing up which side this man was on. Here we find the crosses on this day. The middle cross is a cross of redemption. Amen. One cross over here is the cross of rejection. 
And then on this side, uh, for this purpose, this is the cause of reception this morning. The man on the middle is dying for the sin this morning. The man over here dies without sin in him or on him. But over here, this man dies with sin in him and sin on him. You say, how come this man dies with sin in him but not on him, but this man dies with sin in him and on him because the man in the middle Generally, all the preaching of this text centers around the middle cross, and by all means, and it's, it's rightly so. That is where your destination, your eternal, hangs on this morning. Uh, what you do with this man in the middle cross uh, determines where you wind up in hell for eternity or you wind up in heaven for all eternity. There has been much preaching has been done on the middle cross this morning. The cross of redemption. And it should be that way this morning. The middle cross is the fulfillment of John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who shall ever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You have led, landed headlong into the man on the middle of the cross and he will transform your life. What are you doing with him this morning? There's not been a lot of preaching done on the middle cross and also there's been a lot of preaching done on the man, as I said, on the right hand. It's the cross of reception. I, I, I identify with this man on this cross. He hangs uh, there as this thief. He can't get down. He cannot go out and do any good works. He has lived his whole life thinking about nobody but himself. His life is in sin. He is a thief. He is a malefactor, the Bible calls him. He deserves what he's getting today. I remember the day that I was hanging on the cross on this side over here, and I remember how God came down and touched my heart, and I looked up at the man in the middle. I saw him, that he was the Redeemer. I saw me for myself, what I was. I'm nothing but an old, dirty, rotten, scandal sinner, and I knew that I could not do nothing myself, so I got down off the cross of rejection and went on to the cross of reception of my life. You've got to have a transfer from one cross to the other cross in your life this morning. Aren't you glad that God specializes in giving more than what you ask for? Amen. The old thief just said when he came, he says, when you come into the, your kingdom, would you just remember me? Would you just remember me? And Jesus said, I'll, I'll do one better for you. I'm going to do one better for you this morning. For today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. I'm, one glad, I'm glad one day by faith I became the guy over here and saw what I was. And I said, Jesus, remember me. When thou come in thy kingdom. 
There's been a lot of preaching done on these two crosses this morning. The cross in the middle and the cross on the right hand side. But can I remind you there is another cross on the Calvary's hill this morning. I don't think I've heard an entire message even on this cross. I don't think I've heard people talk about this cross or preach about this cross, a lot about this cross. Reason why we don't hear so much on it because we're saved by the man in the middle. And we talk about the cross of reception that we believed in Christ. But do you realize this morning there's an awful lot of people in this world, there's an awful lot of people in churches that are still hanging on this cross over here. There's a lot of things. I, I have heard all my life that if a man ever gets into a tough spot, if a man gets into a tough enough spot where God has got you down where you're in a tight spot and you're in a bad way in life, everything's crumbling down around you, you will call on God. Can I tell you, this man's in a tough spot. This man, the world is crumbling down around him. Uh, this man is facing death. Uh, this man is dying. Can I tell you, it don't get no worse than that. So I don't believe that statement is true, that man gets so bad into a tough spot that he will call on God. I, I, I've been around people that knew they were dying, laying in the hospital, and I go visit them, and, and they know they're dying. Their days are numbered. They know that. And I, I say, can I pray with you? I don't want your Bible. I don't want your God. I don't want your Jesus. Just leave me alone. I went in one hospital one time in Daytona Beach, uh, and I was going to witness to this man there, and he's dying, and he knows he's dying, and he's screaming, and he's screaming and yelling, the fire, it burns, it burns, and they died. Why, why would somebody know that they were dying, this, and they're taking their last breath? Why would somebody reject the man in the middle that can give you hope, can give you peace? Why, why, why would that? You might be at the place where you said, I don't want to hear about God. I don't want to hear about your Jesus. I don't want to hear the preacher preach. I don't have nothing to do with that. Don't want anything to do with that. Can't deal with that. In the very end of their life, they're still holding on to the rejection. Mocking the very one that can change the eternal destination. Bible said that that thief railed on him. That, that word means to defile, to mock. In the New Testament, the word is translated to blaspheme. He, he is dying with his breath, blaspheming God. Not everyone says, oh God, save me. Some just cuss God and die. Amen. 
So I want to preach this morning, Railway to Hell. Railway to Hell. What is it that the pathway to hell is paid with to get to a place that you reject the only hope in your life? What is it that you do to get to that point in your life that you don't want nothing about God, you don't want the Word of God, you don't want the peace of God, you don't want the hope of God? What is it in your life that you get to that point? I'm afraid a lot of people are getting to that point today. I'm afraid of that. First of all, it's paid with doubt of Jesus. The first thing this man said to give us is his doubt in verse 39. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, If thou be Christ. If. He said, I, I don't know much about your religion stuff. I don't know what this Christ is all about. I don't know Christ uh, this, but he is talking to Christ, the anointed one, the Meshach, the Messiah. He, he said, I don't really know much about your religion stuff, but if, if thou be the Savior, save yourself. And oh, by the way, <laughs> we're kind of here hanging with you. <laughs> Can you save us? He's doubting Christ on the cross. He's doubting who he is. He says, if thou be Christ. He said, I heard those backwoods people back there yelling and preaching about Jesus and the coming raptured and the, and the judgment coming. I, I heard all that. You got to be saved, washed in the blood. Jesus is coming back. We move beyond that. We're, we, we've gone beyond that today. We are smarter than that today. We have come into an age of reasoning today. Church has gotten into an age of reasoning today. We're living in a day where man has made trips into outer space. We're living in an age where communication is worldwide in just a flick of a phone. We are beyond that old-timey stuff. We're beyond it. If thou be Christ. We're living in a day where a pathway to hell has been paved with skeptics and scoffers. It is paved with people that's hurt preaching like this and saying, what a joke. What a laugh. They're hollering at us week after week telling us about hell, about judgment and Jesus. There's nothing in the afterlife. Okay, if that's the way you want to believe, that's the way you want to keep your mind, you just keep living that way. Let me know how it works out for you at the end of life. He is the kind that says, if anybody has got their own way, you can get to heaven. There, there's not just one way. He surely cannot be the only way. That's narrow-minded thinking, the thinking that you've got the right and one and only way there. We believe that you can live your life the way you want to live it and be a good person and don't kill or rob or thi uh, uh, kill anybody and still get to heaven just because you're a good person. Wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there go in thereafter. 
Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way which leadeth them to life. And few, few find it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He is the King of kings, Lord of lords. If you're going to get off the cross of rejection, you've got to see yourself for who you are and realize who, who He exactly is. He is the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer, the one of all hope. Jesus said in Matthew 22, What think ye of Christ? That is a good question that we need to ask everybody. What think ye of Christ this morning? He said, what do you think about Christ? He's asking the disciples, what do you think about Christ? If I was to walk through here and ask each and every one of you, what do you think about Christ? And I won't do that. What, what would you think about Christ? Well, that's just somebody we heard on Sunday morning's lessons. That's just somebody a preacher talked about sometimes. And always more than that. You heard about him dying on the cross. Or would it be more than that? Could it be more than just someone you've heard a preacher preach about or some Sunday school lesson of what Jesus has done? Could it be more than that? First Peter 1 and 8, when having not seen you loved, in whom though you have now ye see not, yet believing you rejoice with joy and unspeakable and full of glory. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He's my Redeemer. Do you know what He is this morning to you? What do you think about Christ this morning? It was Pilate that said when the crowd was before Him, said, wanted to crucify Him. What shall I do with Jesus, which called Christ? He's asking the crowd, what do, you, what, what do you want me to do with this man? Basically, he's saying, I found nothing wrong with this guy. I found no fault in this guy. But what do y'all want? Crowd, y'all crucify him. Crucify him. What are you going to do with him this morning? What are you going to do with him this morning? He has landed right square in your lap this morning. You can't shake your heads. No, he ain't. Uh, what are you going to do with the man in the middle? This guy over here met Jesus. He got him right. The pathway to hell is paved with doubt of who Christ is. Thomas Paine was a 17th century Puritan and theologian. He, he wrote a book called uh, The Age of Reason. He, he doesn't believe in Christ. He doesn't believe in uh, God as for say. He believes that everybody can get where they need to go by whatever they're doing. So he wrote, wrote this book by uh, a reason, uh, Age of Reason, and he wrote it, and people just flocked to it. They still read his book today about this book. And in this book, he just tries to tear apart the whole th idea of Jesus and God. But let me read his last words when he's laid on his deathbed, what he said. I would give worlds if I had them that the age of reason had never been published. Oh, Lord, help me, Christ, help me. 
No, don't leave me. Stay with me. Send even a child to stay with me, for I am on the edge of hell alone. If ever the devil had an agent, I have been that one. This meant man led people by the thousands to hell because what he wrote and here he is dying in his last breath he's recognized what he's done it's too late I've rejected the only peace i rejected the only hope I lived in myself and now I'm dying and I realize I am going to wind up in hell he had hardened his heart so long that he rejected God even to the last moment So we see there's a doubt of who Christ is that's paid with. There's a disregard for God. Watch what the other thief says about his own thoughts about God and who Jesus is. And this guy said it, if thou be Christ, in verse 40. But the other in answering him rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God? No, that fear of God. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you have any fear of God this morning? The Bible says in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 1 and 7, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. Psalms 14, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. Jesus said, fear them not which can kill the body but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul. I'm not talking about a a trembling fear. I'm talking about realizing who God is and what God can do, but God says, I'll save you, I'll forgive you, and I'll redeem you. You got to have a fear for God this morning. The pathway to hell is laid with people who doesn't think about God at all during their day. Mm, 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 mm. When it does come up in your mind, they pass it off as some kind of joke. I'm going to think about God. I, I, I think that we believe that God's just going to let us slide right on in. Without doing anything, every time God comes to my mind, I just want to push him out. Lord, you know I'm too busy. I'll just let it, I'll just slide right in. Will you let me know how that works out with you on Judgment Day? There's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. John was talking about those that are, that are saved and doubting their salvation. I, I, you, you cannot doubt the salvation that God gives you. He was talking about lost sinners. You better get nervous in the service because let me tell you what, Jesus is coming back. Amen. You're going to stand for this God one day. He said that the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. He said, I formed man. This is the one that you're going to stand for one day. You better get it right. This, this man is a, 
his dying breath, he has absolutely no regard for God. I've talked to people where they don't want to hear about God. They're dying and trying to tell me God and his mercy, they don't want to hear about it. I don't want anything to do with it. How do you get to that point in your life that you disregard God in your heart long enough? You get to that point where you say on your deathbed, I I don't want nothing to do with your God. I don't want nothing to do with your Jesus. I don't believe in that. How do you get to that point? Because you disregarded God so long in your life that even on your deathbed that you're going to disregard God. You're going to reject Him even on your deathbed. There's a lot of people just like this man on the deathbed. They ain't looking for hope. They ain't wanting to hope. But once they die, they wish they had the hope they could get. Because he has no doubt for Jesus. He has doubt about Jesus and disregard of God. He has taken no thought of God. He has no dread of judgment. Look at verse number 40. But he, but the other answering, rebuked him saying, Thus not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condition. Hey, buddy, look where he at. We're all hanging on the cross here. We're all going to die. Look where he at. You have no God. This guy over here is, is hauling past. Mm, can you get this? This guy over here realized who he is, and he's hauling past this guy in the middle to this guy over here. Hey, buddy, don't you realize who you are and where you're heading, and this one in the middle can help you out? Talking about... Basically, what he's saying is we are condemned and we're going to hell. He is preaching judgment and hell to this guy over here. And this guy is saying, really? Hell is just a cuss word I use now and then. There is no real hell. When you die, that's it. You're laying the ground, the worms, they eat you up. That's it. That's all it is. There's no such thing as eternal heaven. There's no such thing as eternal hell. That's the way it is. You got it all wrong. I wish I could stand here and tell you that's the way it is. That when you die, nothing will happen to you. They'll put you in the ground or burn you up whichever way you go. That will be it. There will be no more of you. And throughout eternity, that's where it's going to be. I wish I could stand here and tell you that. But I'd be lying to you. And if I told you that, you ought to run me out of here because it's not true. There is a hell. And there is a heaven. People don't want to talk about hell today. Preachers don't even want to talk about hell. John the Baptist talked about hell. Talk about the fire. See, lady acts to the hearers of the root of the rabble that they don't produce fruits. They're going to cut it out and cast it in the fire. Jesus talked about hell. Jesus talked about fire. Hey, if, you, if your hands offend, you cut it off. It's better to live, uh, enter into the kingdom of heaven with one hand or then enter into hell with two hands where the fire is never quenched and the worm never died. Yeah. Jesus would preach more on hell than he did anything else because he wanted you to realize it is a hell. Ezekiel was preaching hell and salvation to the people. 
want them to get right with God. This is what they said. Then said I, oh Lord God. They said to me, doeth he not speak in parables? They thought it was a joke. I believe people think it's a joke this morning. Some of you are hanging right here over here on this left side right here with this man. You have no dread of judgment whatsoever. I, I read a story a long time ago. I don't know if I said it here. If I did, just close your ears and we'll hear it again. There's a boy who was di- uh, drowning. And this guy come up to him on the edge and he took off his jacket and shirt and stuff, jumped in, swam out to him and grabbed him by the round of the neck and the guy was going under and he finally gets him to the shore and he, and he gets him pumping and breaking and finally he gets up and the guy, the boy revived and said, thank you, thank you and he hugged his neck and thank you and went on. The guy grew up, that boy grew up and lived a vicarious life, a sinful life, he got charged with murder and he was coming into the courtroom and he come to the, uh, his Stay throughout the courtroom, and they said, All rise, honorable so and so walked in. And when the judge walked in, the guy said, Look, that's the man to save me. That's the man to save me. Surely he's going to give me a break. Surely he remembers me. At that time, I said, Judge, do you remember me? You saved me when I was drowning, and you saved me when I was drowning. He said, Yes, I was your savior that day, but today I'm the judge. Jesus is saying the same thing. You may sit here and say, well, I'll get to heaven on my own. I try to slide in on my own, doing what I want to do, live the way I want to do. And we say, well, I know Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. I've been to church and they told me about Jesus. I think I can make it in. And then when you stand before God and you say, hey, do you remember me? I've done this. I witnessed this. I tied that. I've done that. He said, yeah. That day I was your savior. Today I'm your judge. You better get your heart right. You better have regard. Paul said in first, Second Thessalonians chapter one, "In flaming fire take a vengeance of them that knoweth not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ." What's he talking about? He's talking about hell. I'm I'm talking about every Bible preacher preached on hell. Ezekiel preached on it. He had no doubts. He had no regards. He had no despair over his sins. He didn't feel guilty about his sins. Verse number 41. And we indeed justify, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. This fellow said, I, I, I'm getting what I deserve. It's just that I go to hell. It's justified that I go to hell, but I'm getting what I deserve. I, I'm being crucified for what I've done. This guy feels guilty over his sins, over all the things. He owns up to all his sins. Of this, I'm a sinner. I'm a wretched man. He confessed his sins. He's not over there saying, well, I got a bad rap. I, I didn't do it. It was pinned on me. 
I, I was a good guy. I done good. It was pent. I, I, got, I just got a bad rap. And, and you should ought to forgive me for that. I, I just got a bad rap, no. We're living in a generation where they'll not admit guilt to anything. And I'm talking about older people. Can I just give you a word of testimony for a moment? I'm a no good, sorry, rotten, filthy sinner that deserves to be in hell. I need to be chained to the charred walls of hell. I'm no good, ain't done no good, wasn't looking to do no good. I couldn't find no good. I didn't like nobody. I didn't even like myself. I just run the roads and do whatever I wanted to do. One day, <laughs> I met the man on the middle. <laughs> and then, I, then I saw myself for what I really was. <laughs> you know, the problem is we don't see ourselves as a sinner. We don't. Well, I ain't that bad. I didn't rob, steal, or kill. Told a lie, didn't you? Yeah, I told some lies. Drunk some beer. Run the roads. But I met that man in the middle. I, I confessed my sins. He said, I'll forgive you of your sins. He washed me in his blood. And, and he made me whole names. And made me a part of the family of God. Now therefore there is no condemnation for those which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. I, I'm not dreading condemnation. I'm not dreading the things of God because the man on the middle of the cross took my punishment and took my sins and now he said I can go free. Thank God. I've been pardoned from my sins. Have you ever seen yourself that way? Being sinful. Have you ever seen yourself as Romans 3.10 as it's written, there is no unrighteous, none, not one. Romans 3.23, for all sin and come short of the glory of God. Have you seen yourself as that person before? Those verses led me to this. Christ also hath loved us and given himself for us an offering as a sacrifice. To God for a sweet-smelling Savior. I'm so glad that he took my punishment Amen. upon him. He has no desire for salvation. No desire. We read about the thief over here. He gets saved. As far as I know, he gets saved, get right. Because Jesus said, today thou shalt be with paradise. Just because says, the Lord remember me. Jesus saves him. But this guy over here, can you get this? Now this guy over here hears everything that's going on between the man in the middle and the man over there. He, he hears all the sayings that Jesus says from the cross. He hears these things. 
He hears this man over here says, remember me when I come into the kingdom. He hears this man says, that for day thou shalt be with me in paradise. He's hearing all this stuff. He's hearing all this. So what changed this man from that man? The companion verse of this, Matthew 27 and 44. It says, the thieves, both of them, also, which were crucified with him, the same of his teeth. They were both railing on Christ. They were both on the side of him, and then they were just railing him, defiling him. But something happened to this man over here that he stopped railing. And he said, Oh Lord, something happened. What happened to this man? What, what caused that transformation that he went from the cross of rejection to the cross of reception? I believe he began to watch this man. I, I believe, believe he began to watch Jesus. He heard the same things, the seven sayings from the cross of Calvary. I, I heard, he heard all this stuff and he saw his demeanor. He saw he'd, he didn't say anything. He saw something different about him. And I believe about that time he realized this is surely somebody different. He's different. Then he looks up and sees that inscription across the top of him. The king of the Jews. He said, well, if he's the king, he's got to have a kingdom. He's got to have a kingdom. He's the king. He says, I got nothing to lose. I ain't got nothing to lose. Lord, remember me when thou come into thy kingdom. I, I know I'm filthy. I know I'm a sinner. I deserve what I'm getting. I, I can't justify not getting what I'm getting. I understand that, but Lord, just remember me. It's the same thing. You coming down the altar, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've sinned. There's sin in my life. I don't, I don't know you as I shouldn't know you. It's the same thing. You're telling him, hey, Lord, remember me. Jesus said, nay, thou shalt be with me in the paradise. Can I tell you this morning, and I want you to get it in your heart, I want you to get it in your mind. You ain't got to die on this cross over here. You don't have to die over here. Because the one in the middle said, hey, I can take the punishment. He took the sins of the world upon him that was no sin. Now I'm over here. I have sin in me, but I don't have sin on me. I'm not over here anymore that I have sin in me and sin on me because he washed me in his blood and I'm white as snow today. When God sees me, he sees his son, the man in the middle. Sad thing. Sad thing. This man over here hears everything that's going on between that man and Jesus. Then conversation. And yet there he is denying Christ, rejecting Christ, not wanting anything to do with him, blaspheming him. Die, oh Christ, get off the cross, save yourself. By the way, save us while you're at it. He's rejecting him. And he dies. 
Can you imagine the moment he dies and he opened up and he's in the pits of hell? Burning. Tormented. Sad. But even sadder. The one that he rejected. is <laughs> going to be his judge. And he's going to have to stand before him. Give me another chance. I, I didn't truly believe, but just give, just give me one more chance. Now the day I'm your judge. I, I was your savior on the cross. All you had, all you had to do was ask, and I'll save you. Can you imagine that? Both of them could have been in paradise with Christ that day. But too many of us are still on the cross of rejection with doubt in our mind that Christ is who he is, have no regard for God, have no regard for our sins, and we think that we're going to make it in. Can I tell you that same Jesus we sing about, preach about, talk about, is going to be the Jesus that's going to judge you. He's going to judge you. I'd hate to stand before him. And get it all wrong. Three crosses, and you cannot be on the middle cross. You cannot die for your sins. You're either on the right hand side or left hand side. You're on one of the other crosses. Where are you at this morning? I don't know. You do. You do.